I'm Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Dhani the podcast. Hard working, dedicated and truly committed. She is the head of HR at PepsiCo Pakistan. In the last 20 years, she has worked in some of the best corporate setups in Pakistan. Our guest today is Shafak Javed. Hi Shafak. Hi Sadia, how are you? Very well. Thank you for being on Dhani. Absolutely, my pleasure. Pleasure mine too. Okay, so now um you will take us through your journey, but I want to know one thing that when you you know how it is when we young and we think that okay, when I grow up I'm going to be this or I'm going to be that. Are you really that what you wanted to be? <laughs> So no I'm not actually. <laughs> There were several things that I went through when I was younger and I thought that uh you know it it kept changing as I grew older but did I ever imagine I was going to be an HR professional not not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how how did that happen then? So Fate, it happened uh, yeah I think it was it was a mixture of both because when I when I got my first job even at that time I was a bit clueless to be honest about what I wanted to do um and I was applying as a management trainee to uh, one of the local multinationals here Nestle in Lahore and at that time somehow when I interviewed they said you know what you would be a great fit for human resource and I did not even mm-hmm. have uh, too much of a clue as to what HR does I knew that they they hire and they you know do development programs and things like that but i really didn't understand the nuts and bolts of it at all so i was actually hired as their first hr management trainee ever uh was kind of the guinea pig in that but through the process then i learned about what it does and within the first i think 2 3 months i was completely sold <laughs> so mm. it was it was it was a combination of fate and and luck so it's been nestle then engro shell Unilever, Pepsi. So like what has throughout these these this this journey and it ha- it's been what um 20 years or so? Yes, yes it has been. So the 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 thing that strikes out the most in terms of your learning. In terms of my learning, I think um so I do just want to add. So while it's been about 21 years since I graduated, uh there was a time in between when my kids were literally infants uh, they're both 18 months apart where i took off from work and uh, that was a conscious decision mm. that i that i made um and mm. i say this at every forum that i'm speaking at because for a woman's life cycle versus a man's life cycle there are many points in her life where she is challenged way beyond uh the regular workspace just to balance her life because of especially in our culture the kind of uh you know things that she's expected to do outside the workspace so at that time i did decide to take off uh so i did consultancy projects and some uh work with non-profits during that time but i did take about 3 years off in the middle so it wasn't a complete mm-hmm. 20 years but i uh, and the reason i i do talk about it is because i really feel that as women we need to be okay with the fact that there are going to be there may be uh other pressing commitments that we need uh you know because job uh, a job while it is a extremely important part of one's life whatever one chooses to do or or not even do a job that's also fine but if even if you want to have a career it's okay to take a back seat at some point mm-hmm. in life where you feel it's overwhelming or you feel like other priorities are more important at that time 
So, mm. so mm. that, that, that was, um, a very challenging, but yet very rewarding part of my life. Uh, but I did want to get back in. And so I was lucky enough to do that because I think mm. a lot of companies also don't give you the option. So there are a lot of, uh, very well educated women out there who were at one point lawyers or in the corporate world or even doctors. And once they took off, um, because they chose, you know, that they wanted to be with their, with their babies, uh, or care for an elder or, uh, you know, in our part of the world, in-laws or what, what have you at that time, you know, that's where corporations really need to provide a platform for these women to come back because many of them want to come back now that the kids are older and they have somewhat more balance in their life. But, uh, I was lucky enough to actually get that. Uh, but a lot of women are not. Hmm. Hmm. I only wonder why that complete support um, is not provided um, at these companies. I remember working for uh, PwC in London years ago. And when I um, had my firstborn and I asked them that, you know, I want to work part time. And they said, by all means. And literally, Shafak, within um, literally within a couple of days, they had sent me a chair, which they said that since you'll, you've just had a baby, you would, your back would be compromised. We need a proper working space for you. So they, they actually looked out for such things. That's Let amazing. alone give me that, give me that flexibility of working part time and then part days. And it's been, I don't know. I don't know if any of the companies in Pakistan have that kind of a policy support that because women, I mean, do work very hard, as you're saying, and their challenges are harder than men. Yet the productivity and uh, the quality of work is is different as well. Absolutely. So um, I think we've come a long way in Pakistan, to be honest. Um, if I just talk about Unilever, which seems to you know be uh, known as the trendsetter, uh, which was my last job before PepsiCo. Um, so maternity leave has now been uh, taken from three months, which is the legal requirement, to six months fully paid. Oh, okay. um, wow. Yeah, so that that's a big change that we brought. I think daycares are also for a lot of the multinationals and some local companies. Now they are a standard uh, that they have, which is also very necessary. Uh, because obviously, uh, you know, as you know, companies are talking about diversity, and uh, whether they are doing it because of a it's, you know, they find it to be a buzzword or something that corporate is is trying to push as an agenda. Uh, but companies are getting there. And if you compare to the United States, for example, which many people take as the beacon of, you know, um, women empowerment and things like that, their maternity leave is very, very uh, low. I think it's about six weeks or so, if I'm not wrong. Mm. So so in mm. many ways, Pakistan has come uh, a long way, a long uh, way. Leap, leaps yeah. and strides in that. But uh, this this part of, you know, offering women to come back, re-enter the workspace, that is something that still is, uh, has much, you know, to be required there. Surely. So tell me, when you are recruiting people, uh, there is, I, there has to be some strong skill sets in terms of understanding uh, body language, in terms of understanding expressions and gestures, which means that you have to have a basic understanding of human psychology. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Which means that you are almost a psychologist too. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly <laughs> enough, if I tell you, Sadia, it's not 
only HR's job to recruit. Um, so every person who comes into any company must be interviewed by the hiring manager. And I always maintain that, you know, an HR person's role is to make every manager an HR manager because those teams will ah. report into people, uh, into different managers and not to the HR head or the HR team. So while we will make sure that the candidate pool is a diverse pool, while we will make sure that we get the best candidates interested and our employer value proposition is strong enough for good candidates to apply, at the same time, this psychologist, uh, you know, in all of us needs to be uh, awake um, and needs to be honed mm. also. Mm, mm, mm. So would you, I'm sure, would you have like <clears throat> workshops like that to polish these skills to kind of, let people know and be become aware of their own such skills so that they can kind of hone into it and whilst they're they're in that setup so we do have skills such as um you know every every company has their own leadership competencies that they want to follow so we do have guides and uh, workshops to take people through how to properly question uh, candidates but we don't necessarily have you know we don't want everyone to follow this change their uh, psychology maybe uh, to become clones of each other. Mm -hmm. So everyone will have their own style, Fair but enough. it's, uh, but it's important enough. to document what they, what they hear uh, and how do you then assess them on the different competencies that we have. So mm -hmm. that that's what most companies are doing in some, like for example, in Shell, the recruitment uh, process is very, very uh, in detailed and there are pages and pages which you will see coming out of the different interview processes and many other companies, it's a very casual. So a lot mm. really depends on, and I tell every candidate, every friend who's applying for a job, this, that it, it is all about the connection that you have with the person who's interviewing you. Right. So it mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. does boil down to psychology, to actually the human connect that you have. So obviously people will have uh, to go through different assessments online, IQ tests, et cetera, et cetera. So that's that's a machine based tool. But at the end of the day, it is about how well do you connect with the interviewer and how you are able to convince them in a way that they will understand. And that's also the case, I think, Sadia, for everything in life, right? So anything that you want, anything that you uh, aspire towards, anyone who you want to negotiate with, you have to have a certain level of understanding of psychology or emotional quotient, whatever you want to call it, um, in mm. order to be successful. Whether it's even with your spouse, with your kids, you know, you need to be able to communicate in a way that they will understand you. I totally agree with you. And I, I also sometimes wonder if, you know, IQ is always something that's, that's propagated, that's uh, rooted for, and EQ some, somehow takes a backseat. Why is that? Because as you're seeing, you know, the, the corporate setup and the uh, relationships outside your working world, whether you work or you don't work, it, it plays a huge role. Somehow it just kind of is, is, is kind of shoved on the side. It's like a stepbrother. Yes. So I think a lot of companies are changing now. Um, I do see a lot of uh, authenticity coming in as an important aspect to when you're going to hire someone. So were they honest about, you know, if they didn't have a skill or they didn't have knowledge about something for them be, to be able to say, you know what, I haven't done this before. I don't know about this. Um, and also, I think as so when you talk about, you know, what are some of the things that you've learned? What I have really learned in life is that whether companies are ready for this, uh, if they wholeheartedly agree with this, it is, 
it is the truth. <laughs> it is there in everyone's face through life as you go, you know, grow older and uh, maybe climb the corporate ladder also. It really is in the end about relationships, about how you manage different stakeholders. It's about how do you communicate with them? How do you create ownership and engagement in your team? And all of these things are what we call soft skills, but they are absolutely mm. necessary uh, to succeed. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Surely, surely. How big is well-being in the corporate circles in Pakistan? So to be honest, it is not big enough. Um, and if I can just uh, draw on my experience in one of my previous companies, well-being was something that we talked about a lot over there. Um, but to be honest, we were clueless. Um, so we did a lot of different initiatives around well-being, whether it was making sure there were gyms in every geographical location, whether it was, uh, you know, making sure that employees were okay to go to counselors uh, and think about mental health. But really what well-being I have realized uh, means to everyone is individually very different. So to me, well-being and work-life balance might mean going back home on time, uh, but then having the flexibility to work later at night. For others, it may be, you know, they have to drop their kids to school, so they want to come early and they want to then accordingly leave early. Um, so that might be someone else's uh, idea of well-being. Um, another aspect that we really don't talk about is emotional health. So, um, mm, mm. you know, a lot of companies, when they think about well-being, they think about physical fitness, which is for sure a big part of it. Um, so a lot of the club, the memberships, uh, things like that, that companies uh, do give as benefits, those all cover the physical well-being. But we rarely talk about emotional well-being because when Shafak brings herself to work, she will bring her holistic self. She will bring her mental and her emotional and her spiritual and her physical <laughs> aspects mm -hmm. of her personality to work. And so if mm -hmm. she's not okay in one of them, then she will be not okay uh, at work. So while I may be very fit or not, uh, you know, all of these other things are also extremely powerful when we look at well-being. So I think one of the things that companies miss is to look at it in a really holistic sense. Um, and also to get pleasure out of your work, you need to have a purpose in life, which you then connect with your daily work. Because how fulfilled can you be as an auditor if you don't see any value in your, uh, in the, you know, countless audits that you do connecting with your life? Um, so mm. I think there has to be that exploration also, which I give credit to Unilever for, uh, you know, running purpose workshops. And so I found that to be a really, really powerful tool, which actually, at an emotional level moves people. But the rest of the companies, I think also maybe it's about cluelessness. Maybe they're just not ready yet. There are other priorities they want to look at. But well-being really is about holistic well-being. And I, yes, I totally agree with you. And when when we talk about well-being and emotional health and physical health at work, it is surely going to have an effect at the home life as well. Absolutely. Right, because when you kind of go back happy, uh, everyone is happy. The energy is happy. The frequency is 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 high. Is happy. How yes. do you? So this is Shafak at work. What is yes. Shafak at uh, at home? So you are absolutely right. I think um, you know how they say people don't leave a company, people leave a boss. <laughs> so really the importance <laughs> of line managers, and that's not always the case, but uh, I mean, that's just a saying that, you know, it, 
your your daily life, the amount of hours that you spend at work is probably much more than you even spend at home if you take out the sleep time. So so how your boss uh, and your team and, uh, you know, how aligned you feel with the company and how much purpose you feel in your work, all of these things account for the general happiness factor that you can have at work. Um, so when I am here, I am very driven. <laughs> I am uh, mm -hmm. very motivated because I do see a link with purpose, my purpose and what I do at work. Um, and when mm -hmm. I go home, it's pretty much the same. So. I think the the um, finding for me is that <clears throat> women are expected to work like they don't have kids and have kids like they don't have a job. <laughs> so when oh, I am home, so yeah. So mm. when I'm home, I feel like I am. Uh, I have to leave everything aside and just concentrate on my kids who are now both teenagers and really need me. I think, in fact, they need me more now than they did when they were younger because when they're younger you just make sure they're fed well they're bathed on time they go to sleep on time they're taught basic manners it's very easy but as they become Correct. individuals who are thinking who have their own personalities who have their own points of view um, it is even more necessary for you to be home with them and if i can just talk about my own uh, work-life balance right now i am struggling uh, because mm. uh, because mm. it's been very little time at this new company at PepsiCo and I'm enjoying myself uh, and there's a lot, a huge agenda to deliver. I don't go home as early as I would like to, um, which means very little time at the end of the day when I'm exhausted and my kids are also exhausted. They haven't seen me the whole day. And, you know, so I do feel that imbalance, which is why on the weekends I want to just vegetate at home with them and do nothing else. <laughs> but uh, of Fair course enough. there are other there are other things uh you know in life that also have to be given priority including your house your spouse your friends etc um so it's a True. challenge i True. think it, it's a much bigger challenge for women than it is for men so um i was just saying that with the grown-up children there is a different level of support as well right because they do somehow understand Yes, I totally agree with that. They do understand. Um, so it, it's a little bit easier because you don't have to leave sometimes what are crying toddlers at home uh, having separation anxiety from you. Um, <laughs> so I think the, the kids get used to it. Um, absolutely. However, I do feel that there's so much guidance at this stage in, that, in their life that they need from you um, that, mm -hmm. that many times you're not there. And with social media and all of the things that are just, you know, entering their uh, brains and their minds and their thoughts. I think it's really important for that connect to happen, even with the kids. Uh, because if you lose out on this, uh, you know, a period in their life where you can influence them and others are influencing them instead. And of course, there's peer pressure and so many things. Um, then that, that is a chance where you're a risk that you're facing, uh, as to their future. So true. So true. So Shafak, just coming towards the end of our um, podcast, just a few questions. Um, sure. If you were the CEO of a company, what is one thing that you would implement and one thing that you would ban? I think one thing that I would implement um, would be uh, looking at diversity 
completely differently. Um, I would look at women in phases of life when they're single, when they're married, when they have babies, when they're older kids, um, because I feel everything right now is geared towards men and is conducive to men's progress. And I'm not saying that in a way that, uh, you know, that I'm complaining that, oh, you know, women have no chance, not at all. But women have to mold themselves to things, uh, including performance management systems, including timings, including travel that are, you know, n not a blink of an eye for uh, for a man. Um, and so to look at diversity, not only in gender, but also in terms of differently abled. Um, and so whether it be, you know, physically differently abled, whether it's transgender, whether it's what have you. So all of, you know, I would, I would try that our company mirrors the population of the country that in which we operate. Uh, because only mm -hmm. through that are you really, truly, uh, do you belong to that company? And can you influence, uh, you know, the, the product flying off the shelves? And when you cater to all of these different perspectives and mindsets that exist. So that is mm -hmm. one thing that I would probably implement. Um, one thing that I would stop uh, would be, uh, well, I think there are a lot of things that are tolerated. Uh, so it's not necessarily something that I would stop, but um, no tolerance for, um, you know, people who are not okay with diversity, who are not okay with different points mm -hmm. of view and different mm -hmm. requirements mm -hmm. of uh, others. So, for example, even if we have a woman, if I give you an example, a woman who is in the sales force, right? She has to sit at a distributor's warehouse. Distributors are often in, you know, little streets of the the city uh in houses and she has to sit in a room where there may be four other men she might be the only woman there and there may be comments there may be you know smoke breaks that she's not part of or you know where decisions are made and so that whole inclusive mindset is what um i think you know needs to be uh inculcated in a lot of companies because we see people when we see people as different we are afraid of them uh or we judge them and that really prevents them from uh reaching their full capability and and uh offering their uh you know perspectives of the company mm -hmm. fair enough fair enough valid let's go then <laughs> aim for it <laughs> um okay so finishing sentences life is life is beautiful it's as beautiful you know you, you could also <laughs> that's so true that is so true but you could just also say that you know you could just name one of your companies <laughs> life is engro <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> my co company at the time is engro but life is much more than yeah it's the sum of its that. parts yeah yeah um the world needs the world needs everyone to do what it takes to bring them alive whoa clap clap my belief is my belief is that you are in charge of your life learn to learn to go through life um, by being grateful, grateful for all of the good things that you see and grateful for all the challenges that come your way because through every challenge, you are learning something. 
So true, so true. And the last one is my greatest teacher is was my greatest teacher is life itself. I think um, there have been many influences in my life, from people to the Quran, uh, through to meditation. There have been so many things that have influenced the way I have, um, you know, become self-aware, or I'm trying to become self-aware, and how I see the world. Uh, but really, it is just everything in life uh, is is what teaches you. Surely, surely, if when you, you're if open you want to everything, absolutely, you're right. You're so right. Thank you, Shafak. Thank you so much. Um, and um, this uh, insight, I hope uh, it helps our listeners who are all opting for jobs, who are trying to balance things at work and at home. Um, surely given me a lot to think about. Thank you so much. You are most welcome. And, and if I just have a message for anyone who's either aspiring to have a career or, or finding a challenging time and whether it's a career in corporate or whether it's your own business or whether it's even staying at home is really don't underestimate the power that you have on your life. Don't underestimate the kinds of things that you can do. Um, because the only thing holding you back really is the belief that you, that you are going to be held back. That is purely it and so if you if you empower yourself um as much as we like to empower our children and think they can do anything that they set their hearts to we need to have the same belief for ourselves for ourselves clap clap to that thank you thank you so much you are most welcome thank you sadia dear listeners thank you for listening All suggestions, ratings and comments would be most welcome. See you next time. Bye.